0: Hey, it's uh, tim patterson trade show guy monday morning coffee and i'm in my backyard i thought i'd kind of show you a little bit about the backyard give you a little tour uh the lawn needs mode but evan my stepson will be doing that later today so uh, i'm also testing out my new um wireless lavalier chema mic so we'll try that as well anyway um i'm gonna walk around and then we'll do some close-ups and see what happens uh first of all let's go back to the sunflower we haven't had a sunflower for a long time we got one got spiders on my web here spider webs on my shirt my head Uh, we did sunflower and it's going really really well and it's gonna probably be this high by the time everything is all over got the crystal gazing ball a couple of weird flowers here the rasta gnome um, we had a couple others, but someone got into the backyard like on New Year's Day about three years ago and took a couple of little statuary things we had here. We got some flower baskets along the back yard. Always a work in progress. Some new stuff here, including um, some lavender, some mint, which it looks like it's going to seed. Hmm, interesting. More spiders. Uh, different kinds of lavender. Smells great. Mm-mm. Strawberries are pretty much done, although we got a couple left. Uh, we got blueberries, which, ooh, here's a where's a ripe one. Hmm. Wow. First one of the year. First one of the season. Oh, it's got a worm in it. Maybe I don't want to eat that one. Can't have a tour of the backyard without mentioning the hammock. I've had a hammock for every summer of the last several summers. We've been here seven years this year, this month, and uh, it's a nice place to hide. You know, so you don't have to do chores and stuff. We also planted lettuce for the first time this year and it's just gone crazy. Um, nice um, butter leaf lettuce. And then this, which I'm not sure what the, what kind it is, but mm, it's really good. So we have a lot of salads, as you might imagine. And of course the faces of the shed here. Uh, Jenny had this one when we got married several years ago. I got her this for her birthday this year and for her birthday a few years ago. She likes faces. They all have their eyes closed, I notice. (laughs) The roses are pretty much done for right now. But you know, if you crop them back, cut them back, they'll go crazy again later in the year, as they always do. Roses are kind of like that. We have wind chimes, always hearing wind chimes. And spider webs in my face again. See, now those are nice. There's the patio, nice little half-circle patio, which we really liked when we found this house a, a few years back. Nice big umbrella. We replaced the umbrella skin and the seats, the cushions this year, because the other ones were pretty much torn to crap. Speaking of crap, did I step on any? Yes, I did. Now I can't put my shoes on when I go back in. It happens. We actually planted these tomatoes in, I'm gonna say, early May. Here it is six weeks later. They've just gone crazy. There's some over here which are pretty much as tall as myself. We're gonna have lots and lots of tomatoes this year. It's like our favorite uh, fruit. It is a fruit, tomato's a fruit, right? Right? Scruffy, come here, come here, come here. He's not sure what's going on. I'm just sitting there talking randomly. Um, But anyway, we will meet Scruffy. Cruppy's a good boy he barks at things a lot but he's a good kid he was a rescue dog and we've had him just over three years and we love him and he loves us anyway uh on to the show uh, we had uh marlis arnold of uh exhibit marketers cafe gotta get it right i think i'm doing it from memory Ooh. And we talked a lot about how the exhibit world will have to change, especially exhibits, graphics, layout, design, markers, things like that. Fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I want to welcome Marlis Arnold to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Marlis, it's been a long time, but welcome.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me, Tim.
0: When I say it's been a long time we actually met in person once in this trade show world we everyone crosses paths but sometimes <laughs> you know sometimes physically lots of times virtually and uh, we met at exhibitor live i'm going to say 2012 at the uh, classic exhibits exhibit there and it was a fun time Yes yes
1: yes i remember that in fact i just came across that picture of the two of us not that <laughs> long ago so
0: <laughs> So exhibit marketers cafe is kind of your your umbrella of what you do so tell me more about that
1: well, I developed that website several years ago and it's designed as a platform for exhibitor education and community. And so it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, I, uh, obviously, my, my background, I've been a trade show marketing consultant and trainer Exhibit trainer for over 20 years now, hard to believe. I was like 12 when I started. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But um, so the the cafe has become like more of a community, especially these last few months, because now I'm doing every Tuesday, I do the virtual lunch. In the exhibit marketers cafe where um, I broadcast live it's it's kind of like a combination of a news broadcast keeping people up to date and then also now it's evolved into a talk show where I do like we're doing today I have guests on and we do interviews um, but just kind of providing that as a way for the the trade show world to stay connected and to um, you know have a place to go and and provide education so that's that's ultimately my focus is to help exhibitors be better educated and to do a better job at their trade shows whenever those start again. Well,
0: it's important. <laughs> it's an important role you play because as we both know, trade shows have a lot of moving parts. And if you drop one or two of them, it's, it can spell disaster and then the budget goes out the window and, and people wonder what went wrong. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like an ongoing thing. What did we do right this time versus what did we do wrong? And what did we learn? What can we take to the next one? So it's, it's great right. focusing on that. And I know here in the, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, we're all trying to figure out how to stay connected. And the trade show uh, exhibit industry just kind of went kaput for, you don't know how long. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so how are you and dealing the, with all that?
1: I think that's the hardest part is that not having any idea. You know, I, I keep saying if we do that, like, it would all be over September you know, we could go back to normal. I think then we could go, okay, I can deal with that. But when it just keeps, it's so fluid and, and there's no, you know, there's really no end in sight at this point. It's just, it's still dominoes falling. And it's just hard to to just stay motivated so that's why I mean the those Tuesday virtual lunches are as much for me as it is for the community <laughs> because it's so great to, to feel connected and to yeah. to have a community and I think that's one thing that we're all missing because we are so used to getting together and doing you know doing trade shows multiple times a year, or at least, you know, seeing the same people at least once a year. Yeah. And so to be able to feel like we're still connected and uh, it's, yeah, I think it's just a really important tool right now.
0: Agreed. You know, zoom meetings are great. They're not like a handshake or a hug face to face is best, but we do what we can. And, and I've just seen a lot of interesting articles over the last, I don't want to digress too much but over, over doing virtual uh, expos and things like that. And some of them look like they've really pulled off some, some really successful yes. things and others have kind of not done that great. But, uh,
1: yeah, well, and it's been interesting, too, because sometimes the ones that you think, oh, these are, you know, this is a big name. They're really going to knock it out of the park, and it's like, eh, you know, and then there's other ones that just, <laughs> and I won't name names. <laughs> right. But, but then there are other ones that really have knocked it out of the park and been very, very impressive. So, um, yeah, I've, I can't even tell you how many virtual Conferences and trade shows I've attended in the last three right. months, I even produced a virtual summit of my own so about getting out of your
0: slippers right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so it, it, yeah it's it's interesting it you know it's one of those things where right now the audience is much more forgiving if there are some glitches and challenges but you know now's the time to get it all you know to get it together because this is going to be ongoing the virtual side of things is not going away so that's something else that exhibitors are going to have to get used to is they're not only going to have the physical side which is obviously evolving and, and changing. Whenever we do go back to having physical meetings again, there's going to be a lot of things that need to be different, but there's also going to be that virtual component, which again, some exhibitors are doing much better than others. It was kind of funny. <laughs> well, funny and sad. Yeah. Um, and one of the virtual shows that I attended, this was one where they actually had the graphical you know, exhibits where it looked like you were actually walking up to the exhibit and would you believe there was one I went to that actually was empty? There was no, and, and it's like it's part of the software where they have like, because you could tell it was like the same right. people in all the different booths, you know? This one booth was completely empty. There was no staff, there was no people.
0: Well, walking okay, by an empty booth in a in a real show is kind of odd. Uh, it's like,
1: why are? Yeah, why that's that? that's pathetic enough. Yeah, but when you're I in know. an online environment, there's really no excuse. I, I
0: know exactly. So I, I'm curious to talk about. Um, you had an article in the last couple of weeks. I get your your newsletter, and mm-hmm. it uh, focuses on adapting exhibits for the near future. And you know actual exhibits, how the the, the construction and design might change. I'm curious to kind of your top-of-the-line thoughts on on that and what brought that article about.
1: Well, I think because there's been so much talk in the industry about, you know, how the the logistics of the show is going to change, you know, the registration and the traffic flow and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really see anybody talking about the actual exhibit how it's going to change. And so I just started brainstorming and, okay, here's some things, you know, like graphics and signage are going to be very important. You know, being able to have some kind of a path through the booth, um, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to need to be different, at least, you know, and I titled it near with parentheses because, yep. you know, again, we don't know how long this is going to go or if this is going to be our new normal. So, um, you know, we got to figure these things out.
0: Yeah, we are kind of in unprecedented times. And and you're right, when we do get back, will it be tentatively? Will, you know, they be much smaller shows, uh, more wide open uh, layouts and things like that. Um, You know, I'm sure the organizers have to think about that as well as the exhibitors. And they've got to have attendees there to make it work. And the attendees have to feel comfortable. So there's just so many different uh, stakeholders, really.
1: Well, and that's where I keep saying it's like, I've always said it doesn't matter how many people are at the show it matters the quality of the people that are at the show well going forward we know the audience the physical audience is going to be lower because there will be less people whether it's for budget for uh, safety whatever reason there will be less people on the show floor but that's not to say that it's going to be a lower quality audience the people who are there are going to be the most serious so, you know, it, it's not a time to be afraid of, oh, well, am I going to waste money going to the show? No, you're going to have the highest quality prospects there on the show floor to talk to. And you're also adding the virtual audience, which most of the shows that have been doing the virtual are seeing their, their audience percentage is way above anything they see in the physical world. And a lot of times it's brand new audience that have never attended in real life. So, you know, so there's a lot of audience, but it is, there's going to be a lot of things like hands-on demos.
0: How's (laughs) that going to work?
1: Probably not going to want to participate in that. So, you know, how can you rethink that? And again, there's technology. I mean, it's like, that's one reason I'm doing the virtual lunches is because there's so many new things to report all the time. There's new technology and new tools that are coming out where you can use, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality and different things that you can do to make it more um, participatory without being high touch. Um, you know, there's um, all different kinds of tools that you could use to. Uh, Interact both before and after the show as well. Um, especially with the virtual platforms, there's things that you need to do. I've always told exhibitors that pre-show promotions are very important, very important because yeah. otherwise it's taking what I call the field of dreams approach and just hoping people come to your booth. You know, <laughs> but you know, pre-show promotions now are going to be even more important because you're going to have to kind of educate these people what they can expect in your booth or why they should come to your booth because. They're not going to want to be wasting their time and wandering in and out of every booth on the floor.
0: And one of the things you mentioned is uh, allow for more open space in your booth uh, in the start. Yes. Of the, do you think that that will, you know, cause some of the uh, exhibitors to like get bigger spaces, but just spread out the pieces of their exhibit, or have new exhibits redesigned? I mean, budget's obviously a big part of the exhibit, but but that's something they got to be considering, depending on who they are.
1: Well, and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to go with a bigger booth. They just have to restructure yeah. and re—what um, do I want to say—re-layout their booth. Maybe um, you know, like things like if they'd had a, uh, a theater space or something where they did—they had crowd gatherers. Not a good idea going yeah. forward. You know, you're not. The whole idea now is you don't want to get, attract a big crowd of people into one place. So if you've had like half your exhibit has been for a theater space restructure relay that out to where you can have now have your displays kind of spaced out you know like say if you had a 20 by 20 island and half of that was theater then take what's left and space that out so that it's not you know as crowded um you know there's also the little sound dome things now the technology that you where people can go into little individual areas and have right. like a personal presentation and things like that so you know, it's just going to take rethinking and we've got this time right now. I mean, this is a wonderful gift on one hand that, yeah. you know, there, there aren't shows happening right now. We're not in crunch time. We've got time to figure it out before the next show happens and there's so. thousands of people
0: in the industry that are working on that and trying to figure that out as well uh you know and you are talking about that it's curious to 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 hear what what comes up out of that as time goes on people start to mm-hmm. dig deeper and deeper into that but you raised an interesting uh, aspect of that is i know a lot of professional presenters i'm sure you do too what's that going to do to them even if things get back to you know quote unquote normal um you know how how are they going to be affected if if uh, large crowds in tighter spaces are kind of going to be frowned upon or or yeah completely
1: yeah and that's a really good question i i don't know how that's going to work and and those people are going to need to take this time right now to figure out too you know is there something that they can do like i did actually see one of the virtual shows i went to they had a magician and so in in their booth when you got there that was like their welcome video was the magician was doing his you know, routine right. and, and and talking about the company. And, and it was very clever. You know, he used, he did the cup thing, you know, where he moves it around. He was using the product, the, the exhibitor's product under the cups, you know, and, and talking about what they did. And so that was part of their virtual booth. So, you know, it, it again, it's it's like disruption is the catalyst for innovation, I think. I and mean, so, you know, yeah. we couldn't have, hit a bigger disruption than we did this year. But I think the companies that really innovate and come up with clever things and, and ways to do things are going to come out of this looking so much better in the end than rather than the ones that just sit around and go, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, this just totally killed our business. You know, just figure out what you can do to be different. And, um, I think it'll really, we'll see some new superstars rise to the top.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. It is certainly changing the landscape. I know on January mm-hmm. 1st, when this year started, a lot of us had great hopes for it. And, you know, within a couple yeah. of months, we kind of went, wait, what road is that?
1: Uh, yeah. And so
0: I'm just curious, uh, before we wrap this up here at Marlis, um, about what, what your sense is of when if things get back to normal uh will we get back to normal or will we just have something kind of different always in the next eight or ten years that's just going to be the way we go
1: well tim i wish i had a crystal ball I know, yeah but... i know exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm, just, I, I'm not looking for a prediction i'm just curious if you have a sense of of that well
1: my gut feeling is that things won't be up and running really solidly until at least sometime next year. Right. Um, I think there's still there are still shows that are holding out hope that they can actually have their event later this year. Um, I think a lot of that's going to depend on what happens in these next few weeks. If we can't get things under control in this country, but if you know once things finally level out and we're able to start having shows again, like I said, I think you're going to see the in-person audience be a fraction of what it used to be, but add that virtual audience in. And you may be actually reaching more people than you did in the past. So I think if exhibitors can just hang in there, learn the new skills and the new tools and, you know, how to reinvent themselves going forward, you know, it's going to still be a successful marketing tool. I mean, I think trade shows, as we know, trade shows are a key element in most company's marketing plans because that face-to-face is so important and I think that once we can get back to that on whatever level and still be reaching people and and even in the meantime you know like I said taking advantage of any virtual opportunities that come up um, just stay in connection with the people that's that's another podcast and blog episode I did recently was about the importance of communication and to continue that communication don't ghost on people right now I mean You know, I'm finding that's what a lot of companies are doing is just like, oh, well, we don't know what to say, so we won't say anything. It's like, no, stay in communication. Don't let people forget who you are and what you do.
0: You're right. and I think, uh, as you mentioned just a minute ago, there will be a few stars that are, arise out of the situation that mm-hmm. have figured out how to uh, grasp the the, the, the the right thing and and, and make themselves known. So uh, before right. we close, I'm curious to know a little bit. Tell me about your podcast, The Trade Show Insights, uh, your history and, and how often that comes out and where to find it.
1: Well, Trade Insights Insights, I started actually back in 2006. So um, it's funny how everybody talks about, oh, podcasting is the latest thing. I'm like, right. uh, you no, know, it's been around a long time, as you know, too. <laughs> oh,
0: exactly. I did one in about the same time. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, um, but I started it back in 2006. And so it's, it's kind of a combination. Sometimes it's an episode where it's just like the, the um, one that you talked about, the adapting exhibits. That's just me sharing my thoughts and ideas. Right. Sometimes it's an uh, interview format, and I've had a lot of different people on. Um, right before all this happened, I had just done an interview with Nancy Drapeau from SEER about uh, sponsoring, following up on their sponsorship report. So, um, so yeah, so a lot of different things. Uh, I typically do at least one episode a month, uh, depends on the month, and how much time I have, and how much <laughs> I'm traveling. But, um, and then like I said, now I'm doing the virtual lunch on Tuesdays, and so that, that kind of is another separate thing, but also still, um, you know, another way that people can stay connected and, and keep up with what's going on. So the, the podcast is really easy. It's tradeshowinsights.com. And then for if they're interested in the virtual lunch, if that's, uh, they, you can go to exhibitmarketerscafe.com slash lunch
0: slash lunch great <laughs> okay uh Marlis, i appreciate you spending time uh hope we get to see each other at some point face to face uh we yes. don't know when as long as it's safe and everyone's traveling and everything but uh, at some point uh, again thank you for joining me i appreciate it
1: well thanks tim i enjoyed it too
0: well we're going to wrap it up thanks again to Uh, Marlis Arnold for being a part of the show today. Really appreciate it, Marlis, and uh, also hope you enjoyed the tour. Uh, Behind me are, I'm back in the office, behind me are three prints of the Beatles, John, John and Paul, and then John again at a press conference. This was in Los Angeles, the second to last day that they toured and officially closed down their live shows. They played the next day in San Francisco, these particular shots were given to me by the photographer. I should say given to me. I bought them from him for a for a dime, basically twenty dollars. This was like a good twenty-five or thirty years ago. Met him at a party. We got to talking, and uh, he uh, <laughs> he he was kind of down on his luck. He was he's he's long gone now. Uh, Chuck Boyd is the photographer, but uh, to my knowledge, these prints have never been published, and these are from the original negatives. And I paid twenty dollars for all three of them. And uh, finally, uh, after keeping them in a file for so long, my wife said, you should get those frames. So I got them framed here uh, not too long ago. So let's, let's call out this year, uh, this week's One Good Thing, some, some unpublished prints by the photographer of the Beatles on their second to the last day that they toured uh, on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Help yourself, have yourself a great um, week and uh, hopefully we'll catch you again next week here on Trade Show Guy. And please go to tradeshowguy.net that's where uh, my headquarters are, the hub for everything that we do here at Trade Show Guy uh, Blog and Trade Show Guy Exhibits. Have a good one.